Let's talk about the power of support networks for a successful recovery and return to work. Now, evidence shows that an individual's overall experience of mental health recovery and their return to work is significantly influenced by the quality of their support networks. Now, in my humble opinion, it's actually, or probably the most important factor when it comes to recovery and making a return, as we, we rarely find that we can, we can give ourselves everything we need for our recovery. Therefore, we need other people to provide that for us. Now, before I go on, I just want to define what I mean by uh, social support. For the sake of this podcast, when I refer to, to support networks or social support, I'm simply talking about exchanges of resources to benefit the recipient's well-being. Again, that's just, it's just an exchange of resources to benefit the recipient's well-being. Okay, so let's crack on. Now, we're, we're, all, we're all different in our wants and needs, but just about all of us can benefit from some form of support when we're struggling, uh, especially with our mental health. Even those of us who don't like to ask for help can benefit if it's matched correctly to our needs. Now, typically when we think of support networks, many of us assume it's about the number of friends and family we have who can pop by, express you know, a bit of love and concern, give us attention, uh, listen to us, and maybe even you know, pop by with a bottle of Lucozade when we're not feeling well. And I guess you'd be partially right to think that that's what support networks are, but there's more to it than that. There's more to just the emotional component, the empathy, the listening, the sympathy. There's, there's actually a lot more to it than that. So let's talk about the various needs we have when we're struggling and we're, maybe if we're off work due to our mental health and the type of support that we need in those situations. Now, if you've ever been absent from work, you might have needed help with certain practical things like getting a lift to see a therapist, you know, transport, help with the shopping, collecting medication, cooking meals, a whole variety of other things. And not everybody lives with a partner or their family. And so support with those everyday things, the everyday, the mundane, can actually make a real difference to somebody throughout their recovery. It's one less thing they can might have to think about. So we can call this this type of support practical support. As well as taking care of those practical needs, how about finding out about absence allowance, employee benefit schemes, sick days allowable, good therapists in the area, all that sort of thing. Some people in our support network have access to specialist knowledge, for example, HR managers or, or uh, sorry, HR people or managers. So it's important to have access to those people who can provide us with information that we need. So we can think of this as informational support. Then there are the people who are just really good at making us feel good and give us an, giving us a nudge to do something that we're putting off or something that we're struggling to get started with. Many many people uh, might want to try to exercise more or learn new coping strategies when they're off work, and but getting started can maybe quite be quite intimidating or feel quite quite tough. And this is where those motivational personalities that, you know, we all know those, some of those people, those personalities come into play in our support networks as people that can just make us feel good about what we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve, and just give us that nudge on our way. So we can think of that as motivational support. And obviously we can't forget those friends, family members, and therapists I mentioned earlier that provide the emotional support we need by being there for us, showing empathy, sympathy, giving us love, attention, listening to our challenges and hopefully asking us questions that challenge our thinking in certain ways. And this is the most common type of support when people think of support networks. This is the most common type. This is what we could call emotional support. So these are just a handful of the different types of social support or support we can available to those who are absent from work due to mental health challenges. And obviously it'd be a bit much to expect to find all of those types of support in one person. Um, that's usually quite unlikely. Although sometimes, we're, if we're lucky, we know somebody who can fill multiple roles. 
such as a friend who provides emotional and practical support, maybe. But in general, it's about finding a variety of people to cover the various needs of support. Now, I can't overstate the importance of the right type of support at the right time and in the right amount. If you get those three variables wrong, um, it's things probably aren't going to work out as well as they could. For example, imagine a struggling employee and she's on a call with her manager and she just wants some reassurance that her manager understands that she's going through a tough time. And then the manager responds by giving her the contact details for the company EAP, the Employee Assistance Program. Now, that's a complete support mismatch there. He's given her informational support when really she wanted emotional support. Now, that mismatch probably won't be instilling much confidence in her towards her manager or trust in her manager anytime soon. So it's really important that it's the right type, the right time and in the right amount. So obviously, asking rather than assuming is always the wise way forwards when we've got an employee struggling. So in summary, there are clearly different types of social support that can help those individuals who are absent from work due to mental health challenges. Practical support, emotional support, motivational support, informational support. And it's unusual we're going to find all of those types of support in one support superhero. So it's important for managers to co-build teams of specialists in those various areas of support that the individual needs at the present stage in their recovery. By working with them, you can help them to put together their own A-team. A bit like in, you know, the actual, do you remember the program? Now clearly B.A. Baracus and Mark and Murdoch had very different skill sets, but when they combined, they formed an elite A-team. Anyway, enough of those 80s references. So have a think about anybody currently absent in your team and how you might explore their current needs with them to aid their recovery process and where, where they might source this support from as well. And remember, evidence shows that an individual's overall experience of mental health recovery and their return to work is significantly influenced by the quality of their support networks. So an optimal support network might just be the difference between a healthy and effective recovering return or a team member not returning at all. If you'd like to get your copy of my free report, Three Mental Health Myths Every HR Professional Needs to Know, just click on the link in the text below and I'll get your copy over right away.